Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome back to the OMI Allergies podcast. So before we get started, you guys know I got to do the little housekeeping things. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Stop, drop, roll, and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us with being able to grow and reach more people and know what you guys like, what you guys want more of, things like that. Follow us on Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies, and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. So today's episode, it's all about the relationship of sleep and allergies, the correlation between the two, how allergies can affect the quality of sleep you get at night, you know, different uh, sleep disturbances, you know, what research says about sleep and allergies, you know, all of that good stuff. But before I get into today's topic, you guys know I got to talk about what's been going on. So I hope everyone had a really great Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving actually went over to my aunt's house, which I haven't been to her house for Thanksgiving in like years. Just like the past few years, my immediate family and I, we have just had Thanksgiving at home. We haven't had Thanksgiving with my extended family in a while. So it was definitely interesting for sure, especially because this was the first major holiday uh, post my uh, grandfather's passing. So it was weird, even though I haven't had Thanksgiving even with him in a minute. I digress. But for Thanksgiving, I made my famous dairy-free macaroni and cheese to bring for my mom and I because we don't eat dairy. I've talked about that here on the pod before. Um, This is a recipe that I've been working on like perfecting over the past few Thanksgivings since my mom and I can't enjoy regular macaroni and cheese. Now, before my dairy-free cheese days, so BDFC, you know, I loved me some regular macaroni and cheese, specifically when my grandmother would make it or the kind that they sell like at Whole Foods, like on the hot bar. Oh, so good. So good. But I feel like my recipe of macaroni and cheese does more than filling that void. So I made that. It was slamming. It was delicious. I actually just had some tonight, the day that I am recording this episode because it was so good. Had some leftovers because what's Thanksgiving without leftovers? Uh, My mom, she ended up bringing a like miso salad. So it was kale, butternut squash and quinoa and it had like pumpkin seeds in it. It was so good, like so good. I need more of that salad in my life again. Like that salad was just that good. So mom, if you're listening to this, this salad really needs to make another appearance in my life again before the end of 2021 because it was just so good. Um, What else did we have? 
I had salmon because I don't eat turkey. And let me tell you that salmon was slamming. It was delicious. Um, I also had this celebration roast thing that my aunt got for my mom and I to have. So it kind of looked like a ham and I've never had a ham before, but it was surprisingly pretty good. It was um, like vegan. So it was vegan, dairy-free, all the things so I could have it. And I say it was surprisingly good because when I just looked at it, I was like, I don't really know about this, you know, but it was really good. What's some other things that I had? Also had some of my aunt's green beans, which were, again, surprisingly good. I say surprisingly because they were like garlic green beans. And you guys know about my love-hate relationship with garlic. I... I just don't really like a lot of it in my food, especially when on like green beans is just like sitting on like the top of them. And it just makes me just want to take the green beans and take a fork and just kind of like shove it to the side, the garlic. But it tasted like really, really good. And then plus, I'm only a fan of certain types of green beans. I'm specifically a fan of the Italian green beans versus the French. I just like the texture of them a lot better. If you don't know me by now by listening to this podcast, I'm a big texture person that kind of drives what I like and what I don't like when it comes to foods Um, and then I ended the night with a a vegan cupcake so it was great also did some Black Friday shopping so I'd say all in all I had a pretty good Thanksgiving you know with things considered of course I also a turn of events on Thanksgiving I started getting like this pain in my finger in my middle finger on my left hand so now I have like this little splint on my middle finger to kind of help with the pain because apparently I sprained my finger. I don't even know how that happened. I kind of have an idea because I've been getting a little crazy with like the disinfectant spray and I think I've been pushing on it like way too hard and kind of did some damage with my finger. So that's always fun. So I currently have a splint on my hand like I said and I know that this episode is going to definitely It's going to be funny trying to edit this episode with like one hand. So we'll see. We'll see how this works out for myself. But that's pretty much what's been going on with me. So with that being said, I can get right into my booty legs. So the first foodie like I want to talk to you all about is from the brand Dave's Killer Bread. It's their plain bagels. Now, I've heard so much about Dave's Killer Bread over like years before it like became like popular to like have their products and eat their products and like they became aesthetic and all of these other things that Instagram and TikTok has made them. Um, I feel like I've had their regular bread before, but just not their bagels. But I tried their bagels and guys... These bagels are slamming. Highly recommend. Love that they are so soft and that they're filled with really good ingredients like millet and quinoa and barley and things like that. Um, I also think that there's like a good amount of protein in them. I want to say there's like 10 or 11 grams of protein in it. So it's not just like 
white bread, white bread, white bread, you know, like it's filled with like good stuff and good ingredients and there's not any HFC in it, which is high fructose corn syrup. So highly recommend if you like bagels like myself, but you want something that's a little bit more healthier than just like your traditional white breaded bagel, um, highly recommend trying these bagels out. Another foodie like that I have is from the brand Say When. It's their spicy chai concentrate. So been really liking that a lot lately. When I first tried it, I was like, wow, it's a lot sweeter than like I expected it to be and realized that I poured way too much, way too much in my cup because I was trying to make like a chai like latte type of thing and like add like the dairy free milk to it and make it a thing. And, you know, I really love like the flavor it has with like the cinnamon and the and the ginger and the cardamom and all those other different things um, because I'm a big fan of chai tea I uh, really like it it's one of my favorite black teas I'm not really a black tea drinker but if I'm drinking black tea it's most likely chai um, so I was really excited to try this but I was like gosh it's kind of it's kind of sweet so once I figured out the right amount to pour in my drink to like satisfy my chiness that I was in the mood to have I felt like I liked it a lot more that way and so usually what I'll do is like pour just like a little bit of it and then like either pour like coffee in it as well and also dairy-free milk or just do the chai concentrate with some dairy-free milk as well and I like having it both ways and like I said once I made the adjustments to how much I poured I found that I liked it a lot more. But those are my foodie likes that I wanted to talk to you guys about this week. So with that being said, I can get right into the allergy news. So this week's allergy news, I am kind of excited to talk about this article just because when I saw it, I found it to be like really interesting and thought it would make for a really great conversation on the podcast. And it's something that I want to delve a little bit more into in another episode. But I saw this news article and I was like, wait, I have to talk about this. And so we're going to talk about it. So it's an article from Newsweek. And the article is titled Woman Contemplates Suing Boyfriend Who Wouldn't Pay Her Medical Bills in Viral Post. So pretty much in this article, the situation is that a woman recently went onto a Reddit community and kind of posed this question of would she be justified in suing her boyfriend over hospital bills resulting from a medical emergency that he caused even if it was by an accident. And so the whole um, root of, you know, why she went to the emergency room and resulted in all these hospital bills is from a food allergy, specifically a peanut allergy. And so apparently the whole situation is around her having her boyfriend and like she made it aware to her boyfriend that she has a severe peanut allergy and the seriousness behind her having a food allergy. And so she said that she communicated that she was deathly allergic to peanuts and has been her whole life and how she's been very careful and how she has only had to use her EpiPen a couple times throughout her life thus far. And like I said, she said that her boyfriend knows that, but he continued to eat peanut products, which I don't, I don't understand why you would want to be with someone who is eating your allergen 
around you knowing that you are deathly allergic. But I digress. So she said that she would just make sure not to kiss him when he had had something peanut that particular day. And that she said that she never liked that he just didn't stop because it would be putting her in danger, but she couldn't force him to do that. I'm going to keep on telling the story and then I'll go on and a little bit more into my opinions. But pretty much, I guess what happened was that one time her boyfriend came over into her dorm and kissed her. And then a few moments later, she could feel her throat swelling up and her lips getting bigger. And then she instantly knew that she was having an allergic reaction. And so she grabbed her EpiPen and shot it in her leg and told her boyfriend to take her to the ER because even with the EpiPen, she was still struggling and nearly passing out. And then her boyfriend was freaking out as well. And so she told her boyfriend, you know, we need like as much as she could during an allergic reaction, you know, and they were both freaking out. And so she said that once the reaction subsided, that she saw that her phone was filled with, you know, texts from her boyfriend explaining, you know, that he had forgotten that he had eaten a Reese's peanut butter cup that day and that he was sorry and that he hoped that she would forgive him. Wait, there's more to this story. So then she told her boyfriend that he should be responsible for her medical bill and for a new EpiPen. She was saying that he was telling her that he has no money and he can't and that she said she was pretty peeved uh, off at him because he nearly killed her and now he's not going to even take any responsibility for her medical bills. So apparently word got out his, to his family. She got a bunch of rude text messages from his mother saying that, you know, it's her allergy, so she should have to pay for the medical bill and that she was one that was being irresponsible. She said that, you know, if he continues to refuse to cover her medical bill, that she was going to take him to small claims court. So with that being said, there is a lot of controversy around uh, this thread on Reddit with other people chiming into the conversation and saying who was really at fault. So I wanted to come on the podcast and talk about this story because I have my own personal opinion, so I'm going to get into that. But I'm also very curious as to what you all's opinions are on this topic as well. I personally think that in this specific case, yeah, like I think that there's a lot of responsibility that is put on the boyfriend in this situation. Like I've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast, when you have those conversations with people in your life about your allergies and you are, you know, saying, you know, what you need from them in terms of your allergies, in terms of support, being able to make sure environments that you are in with them is free of your allergen and you feel safe and you feel included when it comes to, you know, food and other things that you could possibly be allergic to. You know, you would think that that other person, whether it's a friend, a family member, a partner, you know, that they would respect that. You know what I'm saying? And if they don't, then at least, you know, earlier on so that you can say deuces, I don't really need that in my life. So the fact that, you know, according to, you know, this article, they're saying that she had that conversation with her boyfriend and told her boyfriend that she was very very severely allergic to peanuts and the fact of him to still 
eat a Reese's peanut butter cup knowing that he's dating her and putting her in that type of danger like I don't know like that just does not sit well with me like at all and I think that that's a really huge problem yes that is her allergy but at the same time like he holds responsibility as well putting her in that type of a situation because if it was a car accident and you know he was driving underneath the influence and she was in the car and she didn't even know then like people would be like oh yeah like that's his responsibility like he put her in harm's way and she didn't even know so it's like why would that be any different just because it's an allergy and it's about food you know what I'm saying like that's the part that doesn't sit well with me so the people that are so quick to be like oh well it's your allergy and like throw it back up in a person with allergies face I don't necessarily agree with so I do think that yes there's also responsibility on her because it's like you need to be on the people on your life and making sure you're asking those necessary questions and making sure that you feel safe because that's something that on this podcast I talk about all the time is making sure you're asking those questions and even people we've had on the podcast you know there's so many people with allergies that feel like they're a bother because they're asking 50 million questions but it's like that's your health that you're potentially putting at risk so like yeah I'm gonna ask you what have you been eating today if I have a food allergy and there's a possibility that you've been around my allergen you know what I'm saying like so I feel like there's equal accountability on both parts But I'm definitely interested in hearing what you all have to say about this article because I definitely found it to be really interesting. Definitely going to continue this conversation on stories on our Instagram page, which is at ohmyallergies. But yeah, that is this week's allergy news. I think that this is a definite interesting article and topic. As always, we will have the allergy news article linked in our show notes. But with that being said, we can get right into the meat of the episode today's topic, which is all about the correlation between sleep and allergies. Like I say in these types of episodes, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be either of those things. These are just things that I know from personal experience and research that I've done. And I encourage you all to do research on your own as well. So like I said in last week's episode and even in episodes prior, allergy symptoms can really impact your life whether you are awake or whether you are asleep. Now allergies can affect your sleep because of allergens having the ability to irritate your nasal passages when they enter your nose and begin to trigger the symptoms that I've talked about time and time again on the podcast especially in last week's episode I touched upon some of those symptoms like nasal congestion, sneezing, and having watery eyes. Now those type of symptoms can affect your ability to breathe easily and really tend to worsen at night which I know from personal experience like when it's time for me to go to bed I deal with one of two symptoms it's either nasal congestion or sneezing and like I said it happens at night and it's like in my opinion like the worst possible time because of those types of symptoms really leading to a poor sleep quality and when allergies affect the amount of sleep that you get and the quality of that sleep they can end up having an impact on your quality of life ultimately. So if you deal with allergic rhinitis you typically are more likely to experience sleep issues. And so there are a few different 
types of sleep disturbances that you can experience because of allergies. So like some of them are like insomnia, having trouble falling asleep, having trouble staying asleep, increased snoring, poor sleep efficiency, short sleep, and having an increased risk of sleep apnea. Now without having a good night's rest, you end up feeling like really tired and grumpy the next day and you're more likely to have trouble waking up, you experience daytime fatigue, morning headaches, and sinus pain. And let me tell you, daytime fatigue is literally no joke at all. Being tired due to having allergy-induced sleep deprivation can really just affect how you act and perform, whether that is at like school or whether that's at work throughout the day. And that can negatively affect your health and well-being in the short run and even in the long run. Like I know like there have been so many days where like I wasn't able to get any sleep because of me sneezing all night or me feeling like I can't really breathe out of my nose and then the next day I really don't want to do anything because I'm like I'm so tired and people are like well why are you so tired I'm like because I was up all night dealing with my allergy symptoms whether like I said nasal congestion whether it's sneezing whether my eyes are watery whether I just can't really get comfortable in bed and so yeah I do agree that you know in the long run like the more and more and more your sleep gets interrupted due to allergy symptoms you know that can affect the way that you interact day to day because like like I said there's so many times where like I'm in a bad mood because of my allergies really just ruining my night at like the worst possible time and that honestly can really just heighten your anxiety around you not getting that good quality sleep and really heightening being stressed out because of you not being able to fall asleep and then that makes it even harder for you to fall asleep. So it's kind of like this little like cycle type of thing where it's like you experiencing these things because of your allergies, but because of you not being able to get that sleep that we all know that we all want, you know, there are consequences from not being able to get that sleep. And that's kind of where, like I said, that anxiety can come into play, that stress can come into play, having a bad mood. And then there's also other, you know, real uh, consequences for your body as well, such as, you know, loss of sleep being linked to not just physical fatigue, but also weight gain and even type two diabetes. And there's also been uh, some research that leads to believe that less sleep means a poor immune system. And that's because of protective antibodies and cells, which fight off bacteria and viruses that's created when we sleep. So if you don't get the amount of rest that your body needs, then your body can't build its fighting force. And then you're left more vulnerable to colds and flus and viruses. And that opens up a whole new can of worms. So from your cardiovascular system to your digestive system, to your circulatory system, when you can't sleep, ultimately, your your body's just suffering you know all the way around from just different possible consequences that you go through because of you being sleep deprived and so it's interesting because when you are thinking about allergies and sleep individually you're like oh okay like yeah I might have some problems sleeping yeah I know I have allergies but at least for me in the beginning with my allergies I never really thought that the two could necessarily be connected together and kind of have a relationship and kind of go hand in hand so really just looking at you know different research on this topic and really trying to get a little bit more well versed on this topic it really has opened my eyes on to how you know 
both of them are connected and how it's important to make sure that you're managing your allergies correctly so that you can get the necessary sleep that you need if your allergies do affect the way that you sleep at night. And as I looked more into this topic it seems like there's like this correlation between like how severe someone's allergies are and how severe someone's sleep problems are so like if someone's allergy symptoms are bad there's a higher likelihood that their sleep is going to be you know bad as well and so for some people with allergies difficulty sleeping could develop into you know more serious sleep disturbances such as like bedwetting, snoring, obstructive sleep apnea, and other forms of sleep disordered breathing. Now, although allergies, you know, from what I've just been saying, they do have the ability to impact your ability to fall asleep. They can also interfere with your ability to, like I said, stay asleep. So people with allergies, they may wake up due to a congested nose, sneezing, having coffin fits throughout the night. And there's actually a research study on this topic. And the study is titled Allergic Rhinitis and Its Consequences on Quality of Sleep. Now, this research study, it really discusses how people with allergic rhinitis tend to have more difficulty sleeping and more sleep disorders than people who don't have allergies. Now, people who had allergic rhinitis compared to people that don't have any allergies took longer to fall asleep. They slept for fewer hours at night and they felt sleepier throughout the day. And over time, this kind of allergy-induced sleep deprivation can really just add up and just create like this vicious cycle that can lead some to rely on, you know, other things like alcohol and sedatives. And that's really not a good idea at all. And overall, they just had worse sleep quality, which decreased their quality of life. Now, there was also another study. And in that study, they discovered that there is a close relationship between allergic rhinitis and sleep impairment. And in this study, they found that there is a link to the severity of allergies as well, like I was basically just saying. And so those who have particularly severe allergic rhinitis often report the worst sleeping symptoms. So because of the allergic reaction, we often have trouble sleeping. So you may cough and wheeze at night or have a runny nose that may be keeping you awake, but the end result is really just the same and that's really just having poor sleep. And that's because allergies can disrupt your comfort and keep you from being able to get you know, that good night's rest that you really want and that honestly that you really just deserve, you know what I'm saying? So like I'm quickly learning that like allergies affect your sleep and your sleep can affect your allergies and other aspects of your life that can prevent you from really just feeling your best. So speaking of what things you can do to be able to get rid of those annoying allergies so that you can sleep better and feel better, uh, my first tip of advice would be to really just talk to your doctor. And it's something that I talk about in episodes that are very similar to this one. You know, if you haven't recently discussed your allergies with your doctor or healthcare provider, it's really a good idea to be able to schedule an appointment just to really figure out what kind of allergies you're currently experiencing and the perfect treatment plan for you so that you're able to get the best relief possible. You know, sometimes over-the-counter medications like antihistamines, I've talked about them on the pod before, can help, but just be sure that you're involving a healthcare provider, especially 
if your child has allergies just to be able to get that guidance. Another really good way to be able to help with getting rid of those annoying allergies so that you can just overall feel better is reducing your exposure to pollen and dander. This is something I've talked about in so many different episodes, but really reducing pollen and your dander exposure can really make the difference. Um, Some people tend to benefit from keeping their windows closed when pollen counts are high and being able to use air conditioning at home and in their car. And then for some people with pets, you know, their allergies tend to improve when they have their pets sleep outside of their bedroom. So you might want to consider creating like a little nice oasis for your pet to sleep at at night. I know for my dog, I don't have her sleep in my bedroom just because that's like a no-no for me in terms of A, I want to be able to have my own personal space and then B, because of my allergies. So she has her own little area that's not too far away from my bedroom, but it's still far enough for me to be able to not have that dander and saliva exposure from my dog. So I think really being able to create an oasis, whether that's putting their bed in a certain area or giving them like a little playpen type of situation that they can sleep in at at night, just something that allows not only you to feel comfortable, but your pet to feel comfortable as well. Now, also when it comes to pets, you're not going to want to forget to wash your hands after you are petting, you know, your cat or your dog to be able to help with preventing allergens and dander from moving onto your nose or even your eyes. Also, showering before bed can also really help with being able to remove any pollen and dander that you may have come across. And then also, like I've talked about in previous episodes before, air purifier is really your best friend when it comes to making sure you're reducing the allergens that come from your pets and other things that you're exposed to throughout the day whether you know you're at work or whether you're just at home inside as well. Speaking of an air purifier, air purifiers can also help with being able just to cleanse the air in general. Using an air purifier at night has been shown to really help sleep both in people with allergies and people without allergies just because there's things that are in the air like dust mites, mold, and pet dander that really can worsen various allergies. And so these allergens, they can be found in bedding, which I talked about in last week's episode. So definitely listen to it to learn more about why this is really important for people who suffer from allergies. Like I said, air purifiers, they really just help with being able to remove those types of particles from your environment, whether it's in your living room, your bedroom, things like that, just to really help you have a better quality of sleep. Now, like I say, in all of my episodes, every allergy case is different. And sometimes a combination of treatments and strategies are going to be needed for your individualized case. Therefore, you may need to go through some trial and error just to be able to learn what's best for you because allergies can certainly impact your sleep. But if you stay proactive and reach out to healthcare professionals for help, you can really start taking the necessary steps to be able to control your allergies and really just get the sleep that your body needs and deserves. But hopefully you all enjoyed today's episode just because I don't know, like I just find this relationship between allergies and sleep to just be something that I want to talk more and more about on the Oh My Allergies podcast and on my platform just because in the allergy community, you hear so much about food allergies 
allergies and allergies and seasonal allergies and things like that. But you don't really hear about that component of allergies and sleep and how that is an important relationship uh, between allergies and sleep and the correlation between the two, you know, how one can affect the other greatly. And so that's something that I know I want to talk more and more about, you know, on my platform, because I just want to bring awareness to it and really just talk about the importance of just having really good quality sleep and how that can really just affect so many different aspects of your life, including allergies. But if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're following us on our Instagram page, which is at Oh My Allergies. Make sure that you take the time to write a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Hopefully that rating is five stars. Keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys.